WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Always live on the free Odyssey app. From the Sherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Live and local from Philadelphia. Free speech lives here. Here. It's Kale and Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And away we go, live on this Tuesday, October 31st, Halloween. It is indeed Kale and Company right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We are always live on the free Odyssey app. And of course, streaming live for your video viewing pleasure until we get flagged. On YouTube, <laughs> as we head until 10 o'clock this morning, 855-839-1210 to climb aboard Twitter and Instagram at 1210WPHT. I am at Nick Kale, K-A-Y-A-L. Don Stenzlin with the news, Greg Soccer, the chairman of the board, Daniel Valdez, Anthony Dorenzo, the associate producers, on a morning in which, for the third time in the last five weeks, we will be joined by Captain Deplorable himself, the great Trump impressionist. An impersonator, the man who's carved out his own Trumpkin on Halloween himself, <laughs> Sean Farage. Yeah. He's so good. He's so good. Don, you're pretty good as well. How are you? Thank you very much. Gregory, how are you, sir? You know, you and I were conversing earlier about how tired we both are. Yep. That music hits. I'm on, baby. I know. I was just I'm like, I don't Ooh. know how I can get through today. It's like a venti macchiato with 5,000 grams of sugar just injected right into your veins. That, mu- that music hits, and I'm ready, baby. Let's go. And Let's here go. away we go. And away we go. Yeah. <laughs> that is correct. Yep. A lot of good stuff to get to this morning. We'll be turning the calendar over to November. Another record-setting month in the books for this program. Can't divulge details, but some are saying it's historic. 15 years historic. By the way, I, I, that's too much details. Can't do that. It's no. got some rules. I, well, I I make the rules. So. <laughs> and we um, <laughs> we started six a.m. That's right. rule number one. That's right. There you go. Whenever you send us this stuff, I go la 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 la. It's a full moon. Yeah, it's you're, Halloween. You're, you're, I'm, I'm, I'm very superstitious. No, I can't. You you don't participate in any of our stuff. So. Yeah. <laughs> when Dawn scores <laughs> touchdowns, she just gives the ball back to the ref and jogs over to the sideline. When Nick and Greg score touchdowns, we <laughs> spike it. We get a 15-yard penalty. We go on and start DMing people at halftime. I will say this, that, you know, people talk about demos, and we're number one, men 10 to 15. And you know, this, like, everybody listening to a radio right now, yeah. thank you very much. Yes, thank you yes. very thank much. You very thank much. you. Thank you very, We appreciate very you. We really do. Best numbers in 15 years. Thank you very much. All right. So, a lot of good things to get to this morning. We've got an update on Hamas. Uh, we also had some local news in the world of sports when everybody was asleep. But we have a big take this morning that I am very excited to deliver about the hypocritical shift of academia. We'll get to that this morning. We also, as I said, have Sean Farage at 9 o'clock. A loaded cut sheet and some very interesting details when it comes to Mr. Ron DeSantis who I feel like we don't ever talk about anymore on this program. That's true. But it's worthy of talking about when you lose moderates and MAGA simultaneously. Yeah. Because that basically means you've lost everybody. (laughs) So we'll get to that this morning. Yeah, it's carve your lane, but just decide what your lane is going to be. Right, right. right. Or just fall off of a ledge, like Ron DeSantis (laughs) has done, while he's wearing high heels and boots, and we'll get to that. Oh, man. What what an uncomfortable interview that was. Oh, my my word. (laughs) 
Him claiming to be 5'11 is like, <laughs> is like me claiming to be 5'10. It's not 5'11. true. 5'11? You know, 5'11? Yeah, and I'm 6'3. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And the thing is, ever, those kind of heels are really popular right now. Yeah. Especially in women's shoes. Uh-oh. Like, it looks like a gym shoe. Right. With a flat, but then it's it's actually like a wedge heel. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Don. There's a homeless person behind you. Oh, uh, that's just Anthony Dorenzo. <laughs> wow. Shots fired at 6.05. Jeez, friendly I, I, fire, friendly fire. I was about ready to, like, you know, send in security because I thought somebody was no. was going in there to attack Dawn, and right. it was just Anthony Dorenzo. Right. And plus, it's Philadelphia. We, I wouldn't be phased. It was like, here, I've got a lemonade for you. You know, it's uh, all super, right. A supercharged lemonade from Panera. Oh, I know. We have an update on that story, My too. Oh, man. All right, so let's get to all of the news. 606, round number one, and away we go with the great Don Stenslin. Yes, we have a lot of news this morning. Sixers news. We have Halloween news. And uh, in the news this morning on this Halloween day, there's so much happening. And we have uh, police, Philadelphia police, yes, working with police in Delaware County, Upper Darby. They have identified a correctional officer who was shot and killed during a carjacking. We talked about this yesterday outside of Delaware County Mosque, and they've released a photo of a person of interest in the shooting. So we're getting these new developments this morning. So police say they responded to that reported shooting in the parking lot of a mosque that we told you about, Masjid al-Madina Islamic Center. That's right along 69th Street in Upper Darby, Pennsylvania. And it was 745 Sunday night. Now, inside the mosque... But about 150 people were worshiping inside. They had no idea that one of their beloved uh, members uh, there in the faith community actually was arriving outside, 65-year-old man, later identified as Muhammad Rahman in the parking lot of the mosque, suffering a gunshot wound, shot and killed by a carjacker who then drove his vehicle, a white Toyota RAV4, drove it to West Philadelphia, so we had some of these details yesterday, and we're now filling in the blanks, which, of course, are tragic here. So it was later found, that vehicle, that RAV4, 800 block of Cecil Street in West Philadelphia, and then they had to tow it back to Upper Darby Police Headquarters with Philadelphia Police actually uh, assisting in the situation. So, you know, and I think you said this, Nick, yesterday, and actually the Upper Darby Police Superintendent, Tim Bernhardt, saying, what a coward. This yep. carjacker was. Absolutely. Absolutely correct. Coward's the, the ideal and really the only fitting word to use. So he certainly just could have taken his vehicle, but it turns out, in fact, he was a corrections officer, his union releasing a statement just talking about what a peaceful, a wonderful, just a great guy uh, he was. And as well, he leaves behind a wife and family and a grieving community. So they're looking for him, again, still looking for any other surveillance cameras, but they are releasing some images, asking the community, please come forth and let's turn this dangerous, armed and dangerous carjacker in. Yes. The suspect in the murder of a Philadelphia journalist, Josh Kruger, we've talked a lot about this case. That teen suspect is also charged in a shooting that happened at a SEPTA station back in September. This from officials as they announced this yesterday. So that suspect identified as 19-year-old Robert Davis, charged with aggravated assault, gun possession, violations, simple assault, as well as other offenses. Police say that the teen, Davis, was on the mezzanine level of the Tasker Morris 
station back on September 25th, early in the morning, 6 a.m. So I guess he starts at 6 a.m. too. He bumped into a woman, leading to a brief altercation, according to police, and then allegedly pulled out a gun, fired that weapon before fleeing the scene. Thank goodness nobody was hurt during that incident, but police releasing these details on the teen, Davis, who, as you know, was also arrested October 25th, last week in the shooting death of Josh Kruger, and then he was later charged with murder, possession of instrument of a crime, tampering with evidence, and other related offenses in connection to Kruger's uh, death. Mm. So we, we're we following this one. There have been a lot of developments as there were some disturbing photographs mm. that were found on the computer of Kruger. And so we haven't heard all of the updates from this case. Well, the... the, the uh, what they're saying, right, is that they these two had a relationship of some sort of that is some, some sort. Right. So Robert Davis's family came out and they and they helped him turn himself in, but they said since he was about fourteen, fifteen years old, he would had a, a connection with this this older white guy. Mm. He's a younger black boy. Family trying to break that situation up. He would come home with gifts. He was drugged up in a relationship. This is the allegation, very serious allegations of pedophilia by the family members. And in fact, police did confirm they found disturbing child pornography images on the victim's uh, computer. Mm. So they're still trying to parse that one out. But this is a new development in the case. Uh, We had some students uh, with more security beefed up security yesterday and today Roxborough High School as they were families were learning about some concern concerning rumors and some threats of violence so as a precaution Philadelphia police bolstering you know some police presence around the school of course the same school where Nicholas Elizalde was gunned down an innocent victim of some kind of a gang activity just outside after a football scrimmage is the concern of a, a school shooting well, that's that was one of the the fears here that they okay. had some kind. Of, so I don't know is this gang related? Was it some kind of a prank? Because it came out yesterday, day before Halloween. So they're not releasing many more details. Just saying that the family was notified. We're beefing up presence. Yeah, and everybody be on alert. Good. Let's let's not have anybody slip through the cracks and fail to uh, acknowledge the red flags that are out there. Yeah. Well said. Uh, the tragic death of a Philadelphia student triggering warnings by a national food chain, Panera Bread, now displaying a warning about its caffeinated lemonade. So this comes after a lawsuit that we first told you about, filed by the family of a young woman alleging she died after drinking the chain's charged lemonade. Sarah Katz was a University of Pennsylvania student. She bought that lemonade drink at a Panera right near UPenn's campus not too far from where we are reporting from and broadcasting from this morning so now they've enhanced those disclosures about the drink at all of its cafes on the website on the app and the new language saying that the drink should be consumed in moderation not recommended for people sensitive to caffeine like sarah you know i I was thinking about this where do we draw the line with this now because i mean that it's certainly a potent like it says supercharged lemonade do we need that? We need. Do we need now to have you know warning signs up at every Wawa saying, "Hey, if you grab this Monster Energy drink, yeah. by the way, a twenty-four ounce can. If you have pre-existing conditions, it could be bad for you." Like, what, what's what's the cutoff point from common sense and you know maybe just reading ingredients? You know, I feel bad for this girl, but you know, there's a lot of things that these places sell that if you have some issues, they're not good for you. Yeah. 
let's just put a warning label on everything. This this right. may kill you. This cheeseburger could cause uh, yep. heart issues. Yep. Yeah, like and and it's all this is all for lawsuits because the, well, of course because the vulture lawyers are circling, ready to pounce when any company does anything wrong. Yep. Don, what does Zioli say? Lawyers always win. There you go. <laughs> and in this one, by the way, uh, I don't. We haven't heard the official word from the Sixers or James Harden's <laughs> lawyers or attorneys. He left in the middle of the night. In the middle of the oh, night. <laughs> Like uh, a bearded Santa Claus yes. uh, going down a different ch- chimney. So is the process over now? <laughs> we officially, ten years later, can we say it's a failure? What's great is when he tried to get on the team plane the other day. <laughs> the security told him that. Nah, man. Nah, we're good. Yeah, take the trolley back. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Sixers trade James. Har- I guess they're going to make an official announcement, but it's the worst kept secret. Yep. To the uh, L.A. Clippers ending the saga. At two o'clock this morning. So James Harden, he's out of here, and others too. PJ Tucker, Philip Petrusiv, and um, and I, I don't know the other ones. Yeah, they got uh, a bunch getting... of like a bunch of thirty-two, thirty-four, and thirty-five-year-olds in return that are that probably would have been a decent trade. I don't know seven years ago, but now that they're okay. shot and they're washed up, it's it's just a, just get this guy out of here and we'll take whatever you give us back. But this was all. Because of the drama, uh, obviously we should still have Butler. This, this was all the drama. I know. Because of Mr. Drama himself, Mr. Should've, Australia. Should have paid Jimmy Butler and kept him. Kept him. Yep. By the way, can I just say this? The, the Flyers last night lost. Yeah. Bryce Harper was at the game. And you know who else was? Who? The, uh, the emotional support alligator. I, you know, I saw that. <laughs> I saw the emotional support alligator in the locker room with uh, one of the female anchors at WIP. So he, so the, they, they allow that in the Wells Fargo Center? I believe so. I saw a picture of Devin Caney just like having the alligator sit on, which by the way, emotional support aside, there's no way, I don't care how trained that thing is, he's not sitting on my lap. Well, yes, like there's just so much wrong with this. They let him in the Wells Fargo <laughs> Center? Well, and this was, was after... he anywhere near Bryce Harper? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, wasn't he banned from entering Citizens Bank yes. Park? Yes. Yes, they wouldn't let him in Citizens Bank Park. Yeah. I like I told you when we talked about that story. Sorry, emotional support, you know, whatever. No alligators. Again, because lawyers. Yes. Yes. Well, that and safety. Well, alligators yeah. Alligators be alligators. Right. Okay, you want to bring in an emotional support dog? <laughs> fine. Cat? Fine. An alligator? Yeah, what's Wally next? the gator would never hurt anybody. An emotional oh. support snake? <laughs> yeah, like, what are we doing? I don't know. Go see a therapist. The Wells Fargo Center know. should be ashamed of themselves for, <laughs> for, for allowing that in there. Honestly. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> Just let them run around on the ice, slide all over the place. <laughs> Is they like ice? Yeah, I doubt it. Probably not. Right? And well, and and what's up with Devin Caney putting it on her lap? I know. Okay. Yeah. Not everything needs to be on Twitter, Greg. <laughs> you should give her that speech. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. And do they? Oh, do she's, they, she's not my employer. Right? No, I know. Yeah. Do they carry salmonella? Like a lot of the. Yeah. A lot of those reptiles carry salmonella, yeah, and you know a, that. That's a great point. It's an alligator. I know. It should not be anywhere near. Anybody, any human. Just send it back to Florida and let give that emotional support alligator to Ron DeSantis. He could use a hug right about now. Yeah, put him on the put him on the flight back with with uh, hurricanes. Exactly. Who who won last night? By the way, three to two. Yeah, hockey started. I, 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 <laughs> I know. I'll check in in March. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, they're saying Wally the alligator on the Lion King cam. Yeah, boy.
This is what you gotta gotta do when you haven't won a cup in 40 years. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You need to steal the spotlight somehow. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Maybe they can replace Gritty with the alligator. (laughs) (laughs) Gritty was the only smart one. He was staying far away, right? Exactly. We are sponsored this morning, and our weather upcoming forecast sponsored by Wawa. Wawa has pizza. It's freshly made, tastes great. And you can get it late. Right now, there's a $0 delivery fee when you order Wawa Pizza at Wawa.com or right on the Wawa app. Got to have a Wawa. And you got to make sure that your rewards card is also on there so you get all the free stuff. I love it. Got to have a Wawa. Thank you, Wawa, for sponsoring our news and our forecast, which, you know, the Halloween forecast is going to be a chilly one, especially after sunset this evening. We're only in the 50s this morning. The rain is gone, though, and there's a warm-up after later this week. So sorry to tell you, and sorry for the kids in their little costumes. 58 degrees, a slight chance for rain this evening around not till like 645-ish. So if you're taking your <clears throat> toddler oh boy. who's dressed as what, Buzz Lightyear? Let no, me guess. Spider-Man. Nice. Spider-Man. Yeah. I came dressed as John Fetterman today. <laughs> <laughs> it was cheaper. Yeah, nobody nobody uh, dressed up. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Slocker came Wait. as a brand manager. Dawn came as an award-winning journalist. <laughs> I came as Fetterman. <laughs> Phil, one of our associate producers, just said that Gritty was holding the gator. Oh, okay. And Kevin Pools on the YouTube chat says that he's he's a young gator, so oh, give him right. a break. Yeah, he's young. He's Long. a Gen Z gator. <laughs> he's right. too lazy to bite. Yeah, he probably has a TikTok. <laughs> so uh, the Wawa sponsored forecast here, by the way, we're the high today just fifty three degrees, and tomorrow fifty degrees. So tomorrow's the coldest. Last night was so windy out. But the problem tonight after sunset, just 39 degrees we dropped to for Halloween night. So 50 the high tomorrow. 52 is the high for your Thursday. Then we start that warm-up, as I mentioned. 59 and sunny for your Friday. 63 for Saturday with sunshine. And then 67 degrees for your Sunday. So the weekend, I mean, we're in this partly sunny to sunny stretch. So uh, Halloween, though, you want to bundle up this morning. Kill and Company News Live. All right, Don, thank you very much. 618 on this Tuesday morning as we get ready for another Big Take. The Big Take on Kale and Company. Today's Big Take, academia's double standard. When it comes to the left, there's always a double standard. However, at colleges and universities around the nation, we are seeing an amazing display of hypocrisy. In fact, we are seeing academia's hypocritical shift, where activism has superseded academics while simultaneously stifling free speech on campus. It's a remarkable turn of events, honestly, and I want to focus in on three different people who offer unique perspectives. Jonathan Turley, legal scholar, who is seen and heard on Fox News, The New York Post, The Hill, and The Messenger. Candace Owens, a staunch conservative commentator. And Bill Maher, classic liberal who values free speech and despises the woke world that we live in. Let's start with Jonathan Turley's latest column from The Hill. It's titled Activism Over Academics, the Decline of U.S. Higher Education. His column says the following, Field trip or an extra five points? The offer to students at UC Berkeley sounded like a typical offer for students to go to a special exhibit at a museum or lecture at an institute. The field trip, referenced by graduate assistant Victoria Hun, was joining a protest, quote, 
against settler colonial occupation of Gaza, end quote. Turley goes on to say that this extra credit offer is all too typical of higher education today, where advocacy is now being taught as if it were a course of study. After an outcry, the schools solved the problem by ordering, quote, a number of options for extra credit, not just one. Turley continues by saying, quote, many advocacy-based classes have course descriptions that sound analytical and clinical. However, the assignments and lectures often reflect a political viewpoint that students are expected to mimic if they want to excel in the class. Advocacy has increasingly displaced academics in higher education. Activism now permeates higher education as social justice becomes the touchstone for many departments. Advocacy has long been parts of graduate programs like law and social work, the two fields that my wife and I trained for, to represent the interests of clients, patients, and other individuals. But now advocacy and activism is being offered as a general course for students in place of education. And it truly shows the shift and also how stupid today's generation is, advocating things such as queers for Palestine. We've seen the signs. Their activism is blinded only by their foolishness. For those who identify in the queer community would be murdered in Palestine. How left-wing universities become and just how far left have they gone? Well, a new study conducted by the Harvard Crimson shows that more than 75% of faculty identify as liberal or very liberal, with only 2.5% identifying as conservative and less than a half percent identifying as very conservative. That's faculty, folks, not students. So you know darn well that if the faculty is 75% liberal to very liberal, it's probably more than 90% within the student body itself. Colleges and universities or advocacy and activism are running amok, but it's not where it begins. No, it begins in school districts before these kids even get to a college campus. Here is Bill Maher and Candace Owens. Think about this for a second. Bill Maher. Candace Owens sitting down together for a conversation on the Club Random podcast, talking about the school insanity that starts at an early age. Listen and watch. Well, first of all, it would be there'd be unholy hell if I was a parent because probably we're going to be on the same page on this. Some of this stuff that goes on in the schools is just so cray cray, and I would not be able to keep my mouth shut about it. So I'm sure a state like Tennessee does not have laws that some of the blue states do where like you you're the 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 parents are not allowed to be notified by the school they're prohib- actually prohibited if the kid changes their gender like they say that would be outing the student to a parent right. outing is a word we even use in connection with a parent shouldn't everything be out to the parent yeah I'm sure I'm singing from your hymnal now. Am I allowed to have an opinion on this? Or, or uh, no, is my I'm just I'm just, just trying to okay, make up for sure. my faux pas <laughs> no. with the moon. I just don't care. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. I don't care about that at all. I literally nothing about it, and I wouldn't have ever picked a debate with somebody about something that I just don't care about. But this I care deeply about. Um, right. oh. And this is what I do a lot of you know work in the space of talking to parents and understanding how we've become so removed from our, our own children systematically. And you're right that places like LA and New York have become these major hubs where the state has gone too far. Social justice, gender identity, parents being left in the dark. Yeah, these states and these schools have gone too far. But the process begins early so that when they arrive in college, 
these children or young adults are partially pre-programmed. Here's part two of Bill Maher and Candace Owens. Listen and watch. Then on top of that, in states like L.A., you can't opt out. You know, so these are things that parents have to think about now where you're literally raising your kids. Could you go to prison for saying that I don't want my child referred to as a different gender behind my back? Yes. Depending on where you live, they're trying to criminalize you being a parent. Um, And then you add that to the, you know, medical complex. And maybe you say, you know, I am I'm not afraid of my kid getting chicken pox. I got chicken pox, chicken pox parties. You can't do that in L.A. You can't do it in L.A. And if you're a doctor and you say, oh, this parent didn't want their child to get the chickenpox vaccine, you'll get your license taken away in a place like L.A. I don't think parents realize why that's so scary. Not necessarily, we can argue all day. You can call me anti-vax. I can call you pro-vax. But as parents, we should be able to make decisions for our children. I don't fear the chickenpox. That's all I was. T- I mean, yes, I would, I would really not go over well in today's world, if I was a parent, I I would just be in fights and it would just be ugly. And then my kids, I, my hat is off to anyone who is a parent today because I honestly feel it has never been harder to be a parent because you're not allowed to boss them around. You can't parent, don't speak up, or you'll be labeled and vilified. Bill Maher, Candace Owens, two different political ideologies and backgrounds on the same exact page. And it's kind of like Riley Gaines, who has another speech coming up on November 3rd on a college campus. We'll delve into that after the big take this morning. But it's remarkable, really, colleges and campuses across this country where it's okay to advocate for Hamas, but you can't defend a female's right to her own sport without being labeled transphobic. That's the kind of free speech hypocrisy and censorship that makes you just shake your head. But free speech is being squashed everywhere. Jonathan Turley was on fire in his latest piece for The Messenger, where he says Jack Smith's war on free speech is so bad that Attorney General Merrick Garland should rein in his special counsel. Turley goes on to point out how even the ACLU says that Trump's gag order violates his First Amendment rights. Jonathan Turley said the following, Smith continues to litigate with a sense of utter abandon, showing his signature lack of concern for the implications of his legal arguments. Smith's deafening attacks on free speech are equally matched by Garland's utter silence. The attorney general seems to believe that removing himself entirely from these investigations is more important than guaranteeing that his department does not become the enemy of core constitutional rights. Garland may want to consider voicing a modicum of concern over the cost to free speech in Smith's efforts to gag Donald Trump. So what have we learned? You can only advocate for certain things on college campuses. Activism has replaced academics. Free speech is selectively permitted when it fits one's train of thought and one train of thought only. And whether you are a college student or a parent or even a former president of the United States of America, you best realize what side can operate carte blanche and what side needs to proceed with caution. And that's the big take. The Big Take on Kale & Company. All right, Big Take this morning. If you want to jump in with your thoughts, reaction, and comments, you can certainly do so at 855-839-1210. That's the phone number on social media at 1210WPHT. And, of course, on YouTube. Just go to YouTube.com slash at 1210WPHT. Hit the like and subscribe buttons and be a part of the Kale & Company comment community we'll come back get some thoughts and reaction to that as well as the latest uh verbal attacks at riley Gaines, and then we've got a lot in the world of trump 
DeSantis, and Biden as we continue Halloween edition of Kale and Company. It's going to be scary good on Talk Radio 1210. WPHT. Get ready to start the NFL week off right because right now all customers can get a no sweat same game parlay for Thursday night football. Just place a three leg same game parlay on this week's game between the Titans and Steelers, and you'll get bonus bets back if you don't win. Right now, the Steelers are uh, at minus three. The money line is um, I like the Titans at plus one thirty two, and the over under is thirty six and a half. We'll take the under uh, for that one. NFL Sing Game Parlors are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at an even bigger payday. You can build your own or choose from one of the popular Sing Game Parlors pre-built for you <clears throat> in FanDuel's top-rated sports gap. Go to FanDuel.com slash Greg. FanDuel.com slash Greg so you don't miss out on your chance to get a no-sweat Sing Game Parlay on America's number one sportsbook in partnership with Valley Forge Casino. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner for 10 WPHD and an official sports betting part of the NFL. 21 and over. President PA. Refund issue does not withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt max refund five dollars unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms of sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. It's Kale and Company on demand from Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT and the Free Odyssey app. Happy Halloween to all of you as we continue. It is Kale and Company, Nick Don and Greg. Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT. Get us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube. Cut sheet 745. Our buddy Sean Farash, the hilarious Donald Trump impersonator, coming up at 9 o'clock. He's got some new content, both on the Trump and the Biden front, that we will um, unsheath for you. Have some good laughs coming up in the final hour of the show. We'll get to the latest with Trump, DeSantis, and Joe Biden in just a couple of minutes. Uh, but a lot of people reacting uh, on social media to the uh, emotional support alligator that we talked about in the news this morning. And uh, we got a couple of tweets. Uh, Irk4088-6273, uh, who Irk decided to throw his social security number onto his Twitter handle, says, uh, I have an emotional support grizzly bear. I never leave the house with him. And uh, Ornery Hounds says, we haven't heard from Ornery Hounds in a while. He says, I have an emotional support firearm. I need it if others have emotional support alligators. <laughs> That's to, my favorite one. <laughs> to which I would say, yeah. The Second Amendment uh, is great in a lot of situations. Maybe none better than an emotional support alligator that gets a little snippy with you. And you can maybe pull out the firearm and protect yourself. So uh, good stuff there. And then, uh, Dawn, your buddy Susie Cool uh, shows us a video. I guess somebody asked Alexa how tall Ron DeSantis is. <laughs> <laughs> they recorded the video of it, and Alexa says that Ron DeSantis is 5'6". <laughs> oh, no. I don't know how Alexa knows that, which is another scary That's thing. Just, yeah. But, yeah. That's I'm think, hysterical. I'm thinking he is about 5'6", 5'7". Susie Cool had tweeted that out, what you're talking about, and said that uh, if Ron DeSantis is 5'11", I'm Giselle Bunchkin. That, that's that was correct. Susie's line, right. right? Like, I've lied. I'm 5'9 and change. I round up to 5'10". Stalkers called me on it. But DeSantis claiming he's 5'11". Hey, that's like an NFL player in the program. When you look at the program and it says they're listed at six foot and they're really 5'9 and a half, and they embellish for the sake of looking bigger on the program with the height and the weight and the position, that's exactly what's at play there. 855-839-1210. But uh, some thoughts and reactions. I, I never really thought... And look, we've seen sometimes where you know Tucker Carlson or somebody will have somebody on that's that's a liberal or left leaning. I never thought I would see Bill Maher and Candace Owens sit down because 
they're about as about as opposite as it can get until you start talking about what's going on in colleges and universities and all the way down through high schools and school districts and middle schools and elementary schools. And I wanted to kind of tie that together because you are seeing this right now play out in real time on college campuses where every time you hear a story in the news cycle about colleges, it's about a protest. It's about advocating for this or being an activist for that social justice, Hamas. And then you kind of tie in the, the free speech perspective, which Jonathan Turley talks about. And he ties in colleges as well as what Merrick Garland and Jack Smith are doing to Trump. And you're allowed to voice your opinion for certain things, but other things you better be prepared to deal with the blowback. And Riley Gaines is now going to be heading to another college campus. Uh, she's going somewhere in California. I believe it's in Northern California. And that's coming up on November 3rd. And Riley Gaines uh, tweeted, apparently, the uh, resistance that's being presented is from a group in Northern California on this campus. I believe it's UC Davis. Um, and Riley Gaines uh, shared a screenshot of what they are planning to protest in, you know, uh, in resistance to Riley Gaines stepping on campus. And Riley Gaines says, make as much noise as you wish, but understand you will still not drown me out. For some reason, men in dresses just don't scare me. And she's responding to this message. It's like a bulletin. It's like a flyer, so to speak. It says, transphobia isn't welcome in Davis. On November 3rd, Davis College Republicans will be bringing notorious transphobic speaker Riley Gaines to UC Davis. We will not stand for that BS. Rally at 530 on the quad. Bring signs. Bring friends. Be ready to make noise. And then I guess they put out an email to everybody that's opposed to Riley Gaines, and it says the following. Attention, Davis community. Another transphobic speaker is coming to our campus. Last time a transphobic speaker was brought to this venue, Proud Boys attacked our students. Now this event is being promoted by Moms for Liberty, an SPLC-designated hate group that incited six bomb threats at our schools. These events put our youth and our community at risk by inviting violent transphobes into our town to wreak havoc. For the phrase, Davis is for everyone, to have any meaning, we must show up to support trans youth and kick out this transphobic speaker. You know what's interesting is we always talk about who's under attack and what's under attack. We just saw the one that played out, I believe, at Penn State, and then there was another one where we played you a video in a big take where multiple people were being arrested by campus security officers mm-hmm. for for the the community that claims they're under attack like Riley Gaines is viewed as transphobic for defending a biological female's right to compete only against another biological female in the designated female sports division and yet I'd be willing to bet and this November 3rd so that I believe what is that coming up on Thursday or Friday I'd be willing to bet we will see videos by the end of the week of somebody being arrested on campus that is in opposition to Riley Gaines being there. I've never seen Riley Gaines really attack anybody, but I will be fair, and I will ask this question, and this is not a shot at Riley Gaines. I I wonder if, if, look, and if this is her calling, great, and she certainly has the right um, to, to feel and say what she wants after, you know, she had to deal with Leah Thomas. But is Riley Gaines getting a little too over the top here? Is Riley Gaines, because you know how I am, and I, I call it down the middle when it comes to exposure. Yeah, I get tired of Taylor Swift. Uh, I get tired of Elon Musk. Ron DeSantis, his shine has worn off. 
is Riley Davis Riley Davis is Riley Gaines a little over the top in this um new endeavor that she has jumped in. I feel like now she is officially like a political commentator and figure, which is great because that's 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 what we do. But I'm I'm wondering if it's a little bit too much trying to be noticed these days. I maybe I'm maybe I'm speaking out of turn. I don't know. I think that first of all, all these places are inviting her, but I think what she has found from from everything I've seen and just going to the the Paula Scanlon, for example, event in Bucks County and going to different events, especially with moms and daughters, yeah. is that she's in demand because she she broke through and point. said the quiet part out loud. Yep. And all these people were intimidated and still are intimidated. She's she's basically a trailblazer. She is. And that's a credit to her. Yep. Yeah. You're right. And, and, and even remember um, Martina Navratilova we talked about. That was, geez, a year ago yep. or so. And she tried to speak out about it. Yep. And then just kind of just... I think had enough. Right. Arguably one of the greatest female tennis players of right? all time. And came out and said that even when she was in her prime, mm-hmm. had a tough time playing a guy right. in his forties. And so And I believe she's a lesbian as well. She is. Yes. She's in Chestnut Hill every once I she has a connection and friends, so I see her every once in a while in Chestnut Hill. But she's I mean, she's a great lady and she's and and Navratilova, I think just didn't want to deal with what Riley's deal, dealing with because, you know, you get clobbered. Right, right. And that's the thing that bothers me the most about this is the way you get, and I have no problem with people protesting. I have no problem with hearing the opposing viewpoint, but it just seems that the community that claims they're under attack always seems to go on the offensive because they hear things that they don't want to hear, and I don't think in any way defending female sports from other men who have no business being in that sport is remotely transphobic. It's just common sense and it's biology and it's title nine and it's it's female rights. Like think about what females have had to overcome in 100 plus years, the right to vote, you know, the right to have their own sport, their own space, uh, you know, the Me Too movement. You know, you talk about communities under attack historically. You want to say African-Americans back in the day. You want to talk. Females are right there, you know. So there, there's there's plenty of merit to that. For sure. I just wonder, because, you know, we always think about government being too big, creating programs. Will this ultimately, should we rethink Title IX and figure out private funding for girls and women's sports? That way, the Joe Bidens of the world can't hang it over the head of a school, a public institution. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. We will get to Joe Biden coming up in a little bit because the Biden administration wants to come after Mike Johnson, the new speaker for the House of Representatives, although apparently the Biden administration forgot Joe's stances on certain issues back in the mid-90s. We'll get to that coming up shortly. But I do, speaking of uh, under attack, Ron DeSantis is under attack. Not my style to defend the guy that I once professed my love for, but, uh, you know, when the shine wears off, the shine wears off. And I mentioned this before the news this morning. Um, Ron DeSantis finds himself in, in a very um, unenviable spot. He, the Washington Post has actually a really good column on just how bad it's gotten for DeSantis, where he is not only turned off the MAGA base for challenging Trump, you know, challenging the or questioning his loyalty. You know, Ron DeSantis got that endorsement and then he gets reelected. And obviously what, you know, Ron got reelected, I think, in, in large part because he's a fantastic governor. But the, the Trump stamp of approval certainly helped. So he's alienated the MAGA base and he's also spurned the moderates that view him to be way too conservative 
for their taste. And this is a good article in the Washington Post written by Hannah Knowles, and she says the following. Some moderate Republican voters have recoiled at ads that Ron DeSantis' allies started running last month, broadcasting the Florida governor's vows to use deadly force at the southern border. Quote, I don't like the fact that we're going to start murdering people, said Becky Kunz, 71, who is eager for an alternative to Donald Trump and brought up the commercials unprompted. Down the road at a cigar bar in Nashua, where regulars talk politics and watch debates together, a different DeSantis problem came into focus. Trump supporters were unmoved by DeSantis's pitch that he would deliver the former president's agenda more effectively. The people he's targeting, quote, belong to Trump, said Howard Ray, 43, who went to a DeSantis event but wasn't persuaded. Quote, he comes across kind of hard right. He added, those types of people are in Trump's camp, and they're not moving. And many people were trying to paint the, the picture and show the position that DeSantis was trying to, you know, repackage Trump's America's First platform. But the reality is, he has not caught on with anybody. To the, fact, to the point now where Nikki Haley is actually tied for second in some of the latest polling coming out of Iowa behind Donald Trump. And she's now tied with Ron DeSantis. So DeSantis has been on this this dip really since late spring, early summer. And Nikki Haley has seen this slight uptick. And it's been a steady uptick. And it's kind of like you know, plateaued off just a little bit. But she's been steadily on the move. And if you're DeSantis right now, if you don't have the moderates or the rhinos, you don't have the MAGA base, I don't know what exactly you have. The evangelical Christian, that that small group that Pence was, you know, trying to carve out a lane for. Maybe he can get some of that now that Pence has gone by the wayside. I, the constitutional conservative out there. I, I, You know, there's only so many different groups of people within the Republican voting base. And I don't know at this point who he resonates with other than Floridians. But if you speak to some of the most devout in Florida, they feel abandoned by him as the governor in his second term because he's got bigger aspirations. And he's, uh, you know, as Casey Kasem would say, he's, he's got his feet to the ground and he's reaching for the stars. You know, once his second term is up as governor, and I know it's five years from now and I'm getting way ahead of myself, but is Ron DeSantis a salvageable project for 2028? Because Trump will have been gone. It'll, it, it's all over for him at that point. And you know there's Gavin Newsom, and you know there's other people lurking. If you had to ask me right now, I would say this. If Glenn Youngkin has presidential aspirations, I would say right now there's a better chance that Glenn Youngkin is the guy for the Republicans in 28 than Ron DeSantis. So DeSantis haters can come out of the woodwork, crush me on Twitter, that's fine. But I'm just thinking about this, guys. If you lose the If you lose rhinos and you lose the Trump base... You're left kind of um, just holding your, you know what? Boots. Yeah, your boots. <laughs> your heeled boots. Politics is a weird business, though. You, you never count. <clears throat> you never count anybody out. I I do agree that if if there was ever a time for Ron DeSantis, it was now. Um, but he's taken that opportunity and completely flushed it down the toilet. And I I just don't think 
that there there's so much of him that is unlikable by a lot of people that I just don't think that that will ever he'll never get better at that. No, you know what I mean. Like he'll never get over being the awkward guy, and mm-hmm. he'll never get over kind of being s- semi robotic when he talks and not really resonating. Yeah, yeah, people can like his policies and everything like that. That's fine. Right. But he doesn't really, you know, for a general election, he doesn't really resonate with the general public. And I don't think he'll, that's something that he can ever overcome. Unless he can own it, Greg. Yeah. You, you know, and that, yeah. I think that's your, to your very point. If he, if he can own the awkward nature, if he can make fun of his, if he can act a little self deprecating about his height or the fact that he's not a slick talker or mm-hmm. whatever. That you know, that's the I don't only way he's almost too businesslike. I don't think he knows that though. I think he knows. I think he thinks that he's he's this you know slick politician. And <laughs> but when you're 44, <laughs> you are what you are, right? Like sure. you know, he can ditch the consultants and stop listening to them and everybody that's in his ear that said, "Hey, this is what you've been in Florida, but here's what you need to be if you have POTUS aspirations." Yeah. He could do all of that. But at the end of the day, you kind of are what you are, and if you try to reinvent yourself, odds are you're going to be sniffed out to be a fraud. So like he's a policy mm-hmm. champion, and if that's what people truly want, he's great. But it's obvious that we want more than that, which is what Trump is. <laughs> Kevin pulls on the YouTube check. <laughs> DeSantis 2024, where presidential hopefuls go to die. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> Florida is where woke goes to die. That's correct. I mean, it's just been one gaffe after another. And you could sit there and say some of it's petty. Okay, well, he had a Twitter Spaces launch with Elon Musk. That shouldn't really derail no. you. Well, you wear boots that make you taller. Mm. That shouldn't really derail mm. you. But it's just it just it's the cumulative effect over the course of about five months now where you're like, yeah, um, maybe it's maybe a lot of these columnists are right that most governors typically don't lead out to be great presidents. I yeah. think we had that column a couple of weeks ago from the Wall Street Journal, especially especially on the GOP side of you, things. You need your lane. I know Reagan was pretty good. He was. You need your lane. Would you say Bush? I mean, Bush? Bush was a governor. Usually they have that executive yeah. experience. Executive, you know, yeah. learning, knowing how to run things as opposed to a senator. Stocker, you were saying just now? You need your lane, and Ron DeSantis doesn't, to, to that very uh, good article, I can't believe I'm saying that, in the Washington Post, is 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 just shows, like, his his lane is not, like, he pissed off MAGA. Yeah. And he he upset, um, well, he, you know, the moderates don't like him, so he he literally has no... He literally has nobody. You know, he, I would say this is where, and I, I, I think you're going to like this. This is where Twitter and social media perhaps is not real life. He tried to ride the woke train to the White House and the woke train derailed. Yeah. You know, just railing against woke is not enough to become the president of the United States. And, I, and, I'm not, and I'm not sitting there saying that DeSantis wouldn't do good with the economy or he wouldn't be tough on crime or he wouldn't be awesome at the border. Hell, he said he would use deadly force. Like, I think DeSantis, in, if we're looking at the economy, if we're looking at crime, we're looking at the border, uh, we're looking at, you know, de-escalating World War III, I think DeSantis would actually do pretty good in those categories. Not better than Trump by any stretch, but I think he would hold his own and he would be a good president. But he tried to take all of the school... and. Look, the, the battles with the school, we talk about it in big takes. Dawn has Meg Brock on. 
absolutely something you need to sink your teeth into because it's about the future and it's about your children. So it absolutely has its place. But I think he was he he kind of had too many uh, eggs in that basket, so to speak. He did, and I don't think that's enough to carry you on a national level. It doesn't. Woke doesn't. Yeah, like I know you you two probably disagree with me, but woke doesn't play on a national level. Nobody nobody understands it enough to really know what it is. You know what I mean? So when you just use that catchphrase all the time, it doesn't resonate with a large number of people. They're like, okay. What can you do for me? You know, how can you bring gas prices down? How can you uh, bring, you know, help? Uh, all you have to do is say, in the last four years, everything is up twenty five percent. How can you help me bring it down? Mm-hmm. That's all anybody cares about. And to your point, that's why MAGA. Even though people make fun of MAGA, it's like really you're making fun of something that says "Make America Great Again." It's so it simplistic, about, yeah, right? It's about the country, not about a negative. Like to Greg's point, what, where woke goes to die, it, it's negative. It's a negative put down but it doesn't tell people okay how can we lift things up that's a great point that is a great trump trump in a way you know obviously trump's a very smart guy successful and there's many you know layers to him but the way he delivers and relays the message is so relatable it's so digestible you'll it'll make you laugh uh, and at the end of the day it's really american exceptionalism repackaged and rebranded almost 40 years later and it, like you, we saw it, and that, and that's the thing that Trump obviously has working in his favor is he did it before. He showed us in three years how the economy could be, how there could be no wars going on, no no issues in the Middle East, much tougher on the border with the the amount of uh, people coming across compared to the Biden stats that we see on a monthly basis. So he's he's got the hey, I've done it once before, whereas DeSantis has done it, but at a much much lower level and obviously that being the state of florida so uh very interesting stuff uh as when you alienate maga and the moderates um i think you just go back to florida finish up your second term and i don't know hope for a gig on fox news in the next four years <laughs> 855-839-1210 is the phone number we'll come back want to get to a couple of things on the biden front including the polls look really good for Trump and not so good for Joe. But what is the betting market telling us? There's actually two things that will make you um, bat an eyelash. And we'll get into that as we kick off hour two after Dawn's news on Kale and Company. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. This is the Kale and Company podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and on the free Odyssey app. It's time to sip a limoncello from your hotel balcony as you savor the sunset beyond the isle of capri that's right the amalfi coast positano sorrento capri join me next spring as we discover the wonderful sights in southern italy together with our friends from conservative tours the abbey of monte cassino pompeii and enough time to see the great sights in rome too all while enjoying a gastronomical event for the 12 days of touring Olive oil production, I can't wait for this, a mozzarella farm, wineries, tasting sessions, the group dining events they're known for are legendary. Just ask my friends Dom and Ro Giordano. 5267, yes, that includes your airfare nonstop while supplies last. I can smell the lemon groves outside my hotel window in Sorrento. Just call toll-free, 888-733-9494. You can go to conservativetours.com. Scroll up, you'll see my picture there, the full itinerary. Yes, my husband Larry Menti, my sons, we're all going. It's our family trip of a lifetime. So join us. By the way, Italy's best kept secret, Puglia, 
charming villages, unparalleled cuisine. See why so many Italians take their vacations in Puglia, picturesque, unspoiled, and authentically Italian. Go to conservativetours.com. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday mornings, 6 till 10. On Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.